and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a podcast based on a YouTube channel. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Michael Moray. And I screwed up the intro, but that's fine. <laughs> and I'm Missy Lonsinger. Uh, we are here today to talk about It, Chapter 2, The Beginning. No. Um, it sounds like a movie that should have that. Uh, it's the follow-up to It, Chapter 1, uh, 2017 movie? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um... Directed by Andy Muschietti. Uh, he is a an Italian filmmaker whose last name rhymes with spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. This is indicative of the quality of this podcast. <laughs> yep. The discussion. Uh, so, if, <laughs> I don't remember if we did an episode on the first film. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we did. Mm-hmm. And so it's the it's based on the Stephen King novel of the same name, um, and it's about. The town of Derry, Maine. I keep wanting to say Derry, Indiana. Me too. Because, because there Music was, Man. I uh, think of Gary, Indiana. Oh, I was thinking Erie, yeah. Indiana. Oh. Yeah. I was like rhyming. And uh, so it's set in Derry, Maine, which is based off of Stephen King's home of Bangor, Maine. Um, and it's about this sort of evil force that lives in the sewers of the town that comes out every 27 years to feed on the fear of the citizens of the town. Uh Particularly children, it seems like, mm-hmm. um, but also a gay man. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but also sometimes it just doesn't scare the kids and eats them anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, and uh, <laughs> true. So, <laughs> so um, also a gay man. <laughs> yep, so much the movie made sense. Sorry, and uh, well, that's out of the book. That's oh. yeah. Uh, anyway, so the book is sort of like. It feels like a last book. I don't read a lot of Stephen King because I don't like the way he writes. <laughs> um, but it, it's sort of this like, it almost feels like he wanted every idea he's ever had to be in a book. Um, because I've read enough of the summaries to know that. <laughs> and uh, it's just like every horror convention ever is in the book. Mm-hmm. And it was made, they adapted it into a miniseries in the early 90s with Tim Curry um, as Pennywise the Clown and then they made these the updated, you know, R-rated theatrical versions in 2017 and now 2019 and uh, the two halves of the story are Pennywise, which is he's we'll get into Pennywise so ultimately Pennywise is an evil clown that feeds on the fear of these children and they defeat him but not permanently and then 27, then that's the first half and then 27 years in the future uh, he comes back so they all come back to Derry to like fight Pennywise once and for all. Um, it's a good premise. I don't think uh, there's anything wrong with that. Uh, it sounds nice. It's also an 1100 page book right. where children have an orgy. So <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that doesn't happen in the movies, thankfully. So yeah. have you guys seen the first film? You yeah. Have, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you guys think about the first one? Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought the kids were super well cast. I thought Bill Skarsgård did a great job. Um, I found it scary. Like, there were jump scares, but also kind of, like, I'm just really uncomfortable right now. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of, like, I don't like humans that don't move like humans. And he incorporates Mm -hmm. that really well. And the shifty moving, like, was scary. I I thought it was scary. I thought it was a good film. I enjoyed it. I thought it was eh. (laughs) I kind of half-watched it, like, over my cell phone. Okay. And I wasn't really engaged for most of it. I didn't see it in the theater, right. so mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it. Um, 
my problem with it was is that the kids were basically impervious to him, and so mm-hmm. I never felt like there was any danger as a result, and that kind of kills a horror movie for me. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets back to our discussion about Stranger Things, actually, um, where I just didn't feel like anybody was in any danger at all. There's some neat visuals. I actually kind of don't feel like this director is very good at setting up horror. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way he goes and sets up a scene is not very effective. It relies too much on the jump scares. Um, that being said, it was better than this movie. Yes. <laughs> um, so I hadn't seen it since it was in theaters, and we watched it the day before I saw the second one, and because uh, my wife hadn't seen it. And I really liked it. I kind of saw it in a less than ideal theater experience, so it was... I still liked it then, but I couldn't see a lot of it, and the jump scares didn't really work on me um, the way they were supposed to because the sound system was bad, too. Uh, So, but overall, I liked it when it came out, and then watching it a second time, I actually really liked it. Um, I thought that there was a lot of, like, thematically it was really strong, and I thought the kids were all really charismatic, and they had, like, a good ensemble energy Mm -hmm. together. Um, I thought that while it's not particularly scary um in big letters i think that the horror of the characters has felt really well Mm -hmm. particularly the scene with beverly in the bathroom um, which is one of my favorite horror sequences of the decade because of what it means thematically Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're not talking about that movie in those terms so uh yeah talk to me if you want to find out about that (laughs) um and i like it's certainly a step up from the miniseries, which mm, right. didn't have the budget and is basically only memorable for like a pretty good tongue-in-cheek Tim Curry performance. Yeah. Right. Um, so I saw a lot of promise in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Then <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> and then three then hours two, later. Yeah. And then It Chapter 2 came out. God. And uh, <laughs> so we follow the kids after their initial defeat of Pennywise... They're all adults, and all of them except for Mike have moved away from Derry. And it starts with um, a, a, a gay man or a gay couple who are the victim of a hate crime, and Pennywise kills one of the gay men. And Mike goes to the scene of the crime, finds a red balloon mm-hmm. and like graffiti that Pennywise left. Uh, that's essentially a message to the. The Losers Club. Mm-hmm. And so Mike calls all of them back. Uh, and Without telling them why. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, Derry, sure, why not? I can just get time off of work tomorrow for this. Yes. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go back to my hometown. Because a guy called me. Who I forgot because none of them <laughs> yeah. remembered him initially. Yeah. And uh, must be nice. so that happens. Uh, they all get back together. Pennywise attacks them. And Mike is like, I've been researching since you all left, and I've figured out how to defeat Pennywise. We have to participate in the ritual of Jude, which we will talk about that. <laughs> and uh, you know, so we need like these tokens from our childhood that we connect trauma to so we can burn them and defeat Pennywise once and for all. So they go get the tokens uh, and then go to a final showdown with Pennywise. That's the basic plot of It Chapter 2. It's three hours long. Ah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what did you guys think of It Chapter 2? Mike, we'll start with it. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It, the problem comes down to 
there are too many characters who go through the exact same scenario for a good hour chunk in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. that just completely kills it. The beginning of the movie I thought was good. It's set, good. Setting up the characters, mm-hmm. their relationships, they're reconnecting. Um, the casting of those adult versions of the characters are very good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a solid cast. And uh, some of them do a really good job channeling the younger versions of themselves. Yeah. Then the getting the totems part starts. And it is interminably long. Yep. It's very repetitive. Like, you know that none of them are going to die. <laughs> then they have, like, flashbacks of them being kids with the totems. And you know none of them are going to die in that either. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're adults. <laughs> and it just kills the pacing of that whole movie. Um, the scares aren't very good at that point either. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of bad CG. The best... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to steal this from what you said, Missy, but I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. The best um, scene in the movie was the one that we saw in the trailer with yeah. the old lady. Mm-hmm. And even that gets undercut by the additional stuff that happens after the trailer. Yeah. With her becoming like a CG monster fest thing. <laughs> And they are all like that. Like, then you have the lumberjack, like, CG monster <laughs> thing, which was terrible. The thing. Um, so, uh, none of that was good. And then the end happens, and it recovers somewhat, but mm. eh, uh, <laughs> it, it becomes ludicrous with the CG spider monster thing. And yeah. it also, I think, really kind of confuses its themes, because... Mm-hmm. The way they beat the bad guy is by bullying him, mm-hmm. when they were the subject <laughs> of bullying. Yep. Which I felt was a really weird message to send. And then also, they beat one the bad guy because one of their friends intentionally suicided himself, which is not a good message, I feel like, we should yeah. send to society. That, hey man, I was going to let you guys down, so I took myself off the board for you guys. Yep. Which is really, really bad, like, motivationally. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no bueno. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Missy, what did you think? Uh, I also did not enjoy it. Um, yeah, the best scene was the old lady. And again, it as soon as she turned into that weird looking monster thing, I was like, well, that's no longer scary. That's just stupid. Yeah. Um, I Okay, so they had a heavy hitting cast for the adults. But yeah, I they did. feel like they squandered them. I think Bill Hader had a really nice performance. And the, not because of the actors. I think it was just they were written so one note. Where it's like, you represent this, and you represent this, just like your stupid token that we're going to go on this, like, hour-long video game side quest to get all of your stupid shit. And, yeah, it was, the pacing was bad. They cut off the scares. I think we had talked about that in our our group text, where it's just, we build up this potentially scary moment, and then it's like, mwah, fart joke, I screwed your mom, (laughs) eh, eh, eh. And it's, like, so stupid. So it, it didn't trust its audience. It didn't trust the source material because they had to undercut it with these stupid jokes. It was, it was too jokey. I think it Ragnarok, which mm. I feel like I've been saying about a lot of things. But <laughs> I don't know. I didn't the, like it. There's definitely a problem that's happening in a lot of major motion pictures now. Is this kind of... Uh, they just don't feel confident enough to let like a bad moment or a sad moment or a scary moment yeah. breathe. Mm-hmm. But we can get into that later. Um, it's... Man... This is a bad movie. And it's it's a movie that when I saw it, I was like, eh. eh. <laughs> and then as days went on, I was like, oh, man, I really didn't like that. Like, I yeah. thought I was just kind of dismissive of it. And then I was like, no, that was bad. Like, yeah. that was actually bad. Um, so technical difficulties have kept us from recording um, and scheduling conflicts. So it's been 
about six or five or six days since we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of us. Yeah. And uh, I, I jettisoned large chunks of <laughs> from my memory. For self-preservation like, purposes. Yeah. yeah. So kind of like the losers forgot about the whole purpose <laughs> of things. It's the nature of trauma. Guys. The oh man, yeah, where to remember. start with this thing? Because it's it's there are some good ideas in it. I think mm-hmm. I don't think it's like irrevocably bad i think Mm -hmm. it's really poorly executed Mm -hmm. i think aside from the bullying and suicide yay things (laughs) i think there's some decent stuff happening uh with some of these characters Mm -hmm. um i liked mike's whole uh ptsd survivor's guilt i have to be the one to kind of uh the mike your mic can smell like um (laughs) and i i liked i liked that um and I liked Bill Hader's kind of thing that goes unexplored, but is kind of in the background, uh, which is that the reason he makes I screwed your mom jokes to Eddie is because he's secretly in love with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't go far enough, I felt like, because it's just like kind of like, oh, here at the end, even though you kind of know, it's just not like, yeah. if you're going to make that his arc, make it his arc. Like, it's yeah. just, it's really, uh, one of the problems with the character in this movie is it's really non-committal to every single mm-hmm. character's arc. Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating because there's a cast that can handle this. Yeah. Like, I liked Mike's performance, even though he, he like, he's, sh- everyone is short-staffed by this. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even get a totem scene. Script. He's he doesn't get a totem scene. Yeah. And he just, like, vomits the exposition yeah. at people. And yeah. he, he does what he can. Like, Isaiah Mustafa is charismatic enough to kind of not carry it mm-hmm. because it's just a lot of just vomiting, like, what we need to do with the yeah. people. But it's like, ah, oh, man, like, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I, I I think the the biggest problem from this movie stems from the source material, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the author <laughs> of the source material, <laughs> because this is the most Stephen King movie, I think, out of all the Stephen King adaptations. Mm-hmm. I think this one is the most like a Stephen King novel, mm-hmm. which means it's bad. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there's certain like Stephen King elements to it that they just kind of name check and then drop. And that so that's what I meant. Like the ritual of Jude is that's a big deal in the larger Stephen King universe. Like that has implications in it, in the stand and in the dark tower mm-hmm. series. Um, so one of the things that I think is really important to know about Pennywise is he's deeply connected to the stand and the dark tower series and a lot of the other um, Stephen King universe novels mm-hmm. because we're follow me down this rabbit hole because I think that there's important context for him in this. So in the Stephen King universe, there is this like sort of ancient power called the deadlights and Pennywise is the physical embodiment of the deadlights. We don't get that information in this movie. And I think it's really, yeah. really important to establish that. Like mm-hmm. we need to know his origin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, the problem with that is they still reference the deadlights in the movie. They yeah. still reference the ritual of Chewed, but that has like a ripple effect across all these Stephen King books. Sure. And they just kind of jam it in the movie. And like, this isn't part of like a larger Stephen King narrative universe. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of is like, what, what is, what, what, why, why do I like, you just have like a BS name for it. And right. That stuff is really frustrating. And I'm not saying it would be better if it did connect back to the Dark Tower Universe movies or the upcoming TV show reboot. Um, But I think by having 
them stuff all the Stephen Kingness into it without explaining it. It really suffers from that. Yeah. Um, because, like, the deadlights are really important to Stephen King's work. Um, the ritual to it is really important to Stephen King's work. And, like, just kind of throwing it out there for people who haven't read the book, which is probably a majority of the people who are mm. seeing this movie. Yeah. They're, it's confusing. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, the only reason I know is because I've read enough Wikipedia mm. about Stephen King's novels to know. Sure. Because mm. I don't really read his work. Mm. So, um, that I didn't like. That middle, that second act is insane. I can't believe the movie went out like this. Like, yeah. it, this, yeah. the movie feels like a mistake. Yeah. Like, yeah. the movie feels like they sent out the movie and then they went to the premiere and everyone was like, Oops. <laughs> well, it went out like that. <laughs> You're sure you don't want to edit this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, it, every character has to go find their totem uh, Except for themselves. the black guy. <laughs> Presumably he's already found his. Whose yeah. totem is when he was saved by the white kids. <laughs> Presumably so. he already has his. But yeah, we should get that. If you're going to do every freaking one else, right? what's another one at this point? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, and, and that's not, I think that's not inherently bad. It's not inherently good, but I don't think it's like an inherently poor structure. Mm -hmm. I think it's really poorly executed yes. because it is every single scene of them doing this yes. is exactly go to the place where I had the childhood trauma, mm -hmm. flashback to a digitally de-aged version oh, of myself, kids, yeah. um, which we'll talk about in a second. Flashback to a digitally de-aged version of myself in this location. Pennywise does me a jump scare. Flashback to the present. Pennywise does me a jump scare after <laughs> I get my totem. Then I leave. Yep. Jump to Bill. Now I go to the gutter where my brother died. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> um, and it's it repeats like six or seven times. However many characters yeah, there are, right. we see all of all that of happen in like... The only time it gets broken up is right before Eddie's. And we'll talk about Eddie's separately because oh. that's a whole nother level of bat. Yeah. There's a scene with um, Ben and oh. Beverly at back at the hotel they're staying at after like before Eddie's right. section. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of breaks up the tedium, but then Eddie's is terrible. So right. like I said, we'll talk about his in a second. Um, I think there are two things that really hurt this movie. One, Kerry Fukunaga didn't direct them. Yeah. Two, uh, they didn't write both scripts and shoot them back to back. So what happened is mm -hmm. Kerry Fukunaga of True Detective fame, um, and he's directing the new Bond movie, right? right? Yeah. So, so Kerry Fukunaga was going to direct this movie. He ended up writing a script for, I think, a two-part version of the movie, mm -hmm. and... Uh, it got really in the weeds with this ritual of chewed deadlight stuff. Mm. And the studio wanted to pull pump the brakes on it. They didn't want mm. to really bring that in because then if they if they bring it into any other Stephen King projects, mm. it's a little The it, rights belong to other studios. Yeah, the rights belong to other studios and like the deadlights and the ritual chewed do fit factor heavily into Dark Tower, yeah. which, you know, the movie failed, but they are doing the like rebooted television mm. series now. So it would get it would get messy. Mm. Uh, so they didn't and like in the book they end up going to outer space and learning about like a turtle that has the world <laughs> on its back that vomits galaxies. And Carrie Fukunaga wanted to put that in a movie, yes. which is hey. crazy. Yeah. Which is crazy. So much better. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Um, would have been more interesting. Space it travel. would have been, and but WB was like, nah, yeah. <laughs> well, see, And that's what I think the real thing is, which is that it wasn't necessarily just about the rights issues or that. It's like, they just wanted to make a traditional jump scares, yeah. the movie, like audience pleaser in sure. their minds mm-hmm. type movie. Right. But when they brought Andy Muschietti on, they brought on Andy Muschietti as a writer and Gary Doberman as a writer. Gary Doberman and Andy Muschietti took the bones of It Chapter 1 from Fukunaga's script. Yeah. And Fukunaga's a credited writer on the first part because mm-hmm. they used like a similar structure to what he had written for part one. Right. So it's credited with three writers. It Chapter 2 is only credited with Gary Doberman. So they were two completely separate script with two completely different uh, yeah. screenwriter sensibilities in yeah. it. And uh, the problem with that is like it's tonally all over the place yeah. across both movies. This movie separately is tonally all over the place. But it, it it's real frustrating because the way to do this movie is to shoot it all at the same time and have both scripts. Like write it mm-hmm. not as two separate scripts. Write yeah. it all as one script mm-hmm. and then shoot it back to back. Yeah. And they didn't do that. And I will never know why. Mm-hmm. Like it makes absolutely zero sense to me especially when you're shooting with the cast of kids and you want to do flashbacks yeah like that seems like it seems like more work to go and digitally de-age them yeah because the reason why is that they didn't trust the first movie to do well enough to do a sequel Mm. they couldn't go and justify making two movies at the same time so they waited to see the success of the first one which is also crazy to me because one horror movies make money right and two there's a lot of nostalgia for as kind of mediocre as the miniseries is yeah. like yeah. a lot of people remembered watching that as a child fondly right. but think about it you have to go and front the cost of not only the young cast and doing mm-hmm. that but then also get supposedly kind of prestige actors mm-hmm. for the second movie mm-hmm. that you have to go and hope that the first movie does well enough to justify and so mm-hmm. I think you may not have gotten such a good cast in the second movie just off the bat without the success of the first one kind of being a proof of concept. Right. So that's what I kind of think is maybe the motivation behind maybe. it. I'm not saying it's good. Right. So, But I read a, I read an interview with Muschietti that yeah. implied that Chastain was signed on for Adult Beverly. Oh, like from the start? From the start. Uh-huh. Like, not a, not ink on paper, right. but he wanted to do a post credit scene where she gets the call. Like, oh, the yeah. scene with her getting the call is yeah. a post credit scene. Right. In this, and he said the only reason that didn't happen is because her schedule didn't line up with his oh, wow. shooting schedule. So, but 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 also just having the idea that you're going to do some other movie in the future and have a little tease for it is different than actually filming it and sure. sharing it in like two hundred yeah. million dollars just right off right. the bat. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I get it. And the first one's the highest grossing horror movie of all time. Right. It, it, right. it made shit tons of money. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think another problem is it feels like a book. Like, the second yeah. one feels like a book. It feels very... Chapter. Like, chaptered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not even episodic. Like, it feels like a chapter has yeah. been a book. Right. Because it's based on a book. The yeah. problem with that is books are not movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was meta because they kept talking about how bad the endings were, and this was a really bad ending to yeah, the series. Yeah, they, so. they lampshaded it, so it's okay now. It's so okay. they knew. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stephen King gets a cameo in this movie. Yeah, he does. And I was as upset as the Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> scene in Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, the Wayne's World part mm. in Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Get out of here. <sighs> oh, man. Which tells me, kind of, I think Stephen King had more of a say in this movie than people are letting on. Because he's not mm. credited on it, but he never cameos in these things. Yeah. So this tells me that he's either soft because like he doesn't like the adaptation of The Shining, which mm-hmm. is arguably mm-hmm. the best Stephen King adaptation yeah, ever. Yeah. And uh, 
this tells me that he's either softened to adaptations of his work or he had some sort of control over this. I think it's been implied more or less he was a consultant on it. Yeah. He helped rewrite part of the ending. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because it has some Stephen King stank on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? Before we get into, before we get into Eddie's stuff. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. If you have anything. No. No. So, okay. I have something. I like James McAvoy. Yeah. That guy has been doing a lot of acting lately, and mm-hmm. I don't mean he's been in a lot of projects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like a handful of roles away from becoming a millennial Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain desperation in it, I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, well, and it's it doesn't have this, like... It doesn't have this, like, air of give me an Oscar that Leo has when he mm-hmm. overacts. Because make no mistake, Leo also overacts. Yeah. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's like, a there's like a two different where you can go, like, you can overact for an award, or you can overact for genre movies. And James McAvoy is taking a hard left into the genre movies. Yeah. Thing. It feels like he's trying to go and capitalize on... Split? Split. Or, or, like... Whatever remaining appeal he has, like during, like he's trying to strike where the iron's hot. Yeah. And I feel like people are going to burn out on him. Mm. Not, not that like somebody goes explicitly to go and see a James McAvoy movie, because I don't really think there's anybody like that. As much as you might like him or I might like him, but uh, it feels a little desperate. Like he's just willing to say yes to anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie didn't service him well. It didn't service any of the good people that they casted well. Honestly, yeah. uh, that's partially because the second act goes and basically throws all the character development out the window. Yeah. Like, they don't develop as characters in this movie. They have, like, one scene in the beginning setting up their dilemma, mm-hmm. and it goes and has one scene at the end that kind of resolves it or something, where they maybe confront their fears or deal with something in the epilogue. Yeah. That whole middle section has nothing to do with developing mm-hmm. who they nope. are at all. Like, even the flashbacks to them as kids, you might think might inform their growing up or something right. like that, but. We already kind of knew them as kids, There's like in the no last movie, yeah. right? So all those flashbacks they were just going to set up the tokens that they had because mm-hmm. the last movie couldn't deal with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the only one that kind of gets a more character-based one is Richie, right? Because his is remembering a time when a kid bullied him, right? Yeah, because he was gay, but he he wasn't out mm-hmm. at this point. He's not out by the end of the movie, actually. Yeah, no. um, but. He, which seems weird if, like, you're going to make his arc yeah. about that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, his is the most character development we see because we see sure. him play. Because it takes, the flashbacks all take place in the time during the first movie when they get into a fight and separate. Mm-hmm. And there's character development that can happen there because presume, because they eventually realize that they need each other by the end. So we can see those scenes. Yeah. Like, yeah. that, there's, it's fertile ground for character development yeah. and yeah. Richie's the only one who gets it and even then it's more subtextual than mm-hmm. it is overt mm-hmm. which is crazy because it's the ultimate resolution of his arc like right. yeah. we should know with confirmation even though it is it, there's enough in there for him to be implied that we can know he's gay yeah. but it needs to be overt I think yeah. if you're gonna make that his thing like and not not, not explicit necessarily but like just 
to have him say yeah. it to someone or like to himself in the mirror, like yeah. give him a moment to be like, I am a gay man. Mm-hmm. And now we know where he's operating from for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't get that until his last scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, or even if they had done it when Eddie was dying, but yeah. then, nope, let's throw in the stupid, I screwed your mom joke again, and it's like, it felt half-assed, like everything else with it, where it's like, we're gonna kind of hint at this, but then pull back and not do it all the way. Like, like you said, I think it would have been better if it was just explicitly stated. Yeah. But then that, you run to the problem of now you're ostensibly making him the main character when it's an ensemble mm. piece, but it's not an right. ensemble piece. Because they're just, it's got the Stranger Things problem, mm-hmm. di- the different Stranger Things problem of teaming up by splitting up. Right. Yeah. Because even at the end, during the final confrontation with Pennywise, which we haven't even talked about yet, yeah, they end up splitting up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we have to watch all five or six of them deal with their problems mm-hmm. again. Yeah. yeah. It just felt exhausting because mm-hmm. you knew, okay, we've gotten through like, Two out of the seven. Like, yeah. Can we pick this up now? Yeah. Like, we have five more of these to go. It was nice if they were paired, so you know at least right. it would double up the time and yeah. go faster. <laughs> be a little bit more efficient that way. Can they both have, like, the same problem so we can get it over with? Like, Great. Right. Ben and Beverly do, yeah. but that's about it. That's about it. Well, Eddie and Richie got the, what, Pomeranian? I was going to say Chihuahua. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, God. So, anyway, going, let's get started with the, the Eddie stuff. So, Eddie... Yeah. Everyone gets their pretty bad uh, scene of flashbacks. But then Eddie... Eddie's comes after everyone else's. It's the last one. And he goes to the pharmacy where he got his... his, uh, So Eddie's thing is he's a hypochondriac because Mm -hmm. his mom had, like, Munchausen by proxy. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of, like, screwed him up uh, with health health anxiety, basically. Um, And... In his flashback, we see that he goes into the back room of the pharmacy, and the way Pennywise scares him as a child is with this, like, crazy-looking leper. Um, And because it's diseased, he's worried about getting the disease, Mm -hmm. so it's playing into that specific fear of his. And then we see he's also kind of a... I don't know if that was a bug or the mic cord, or the (laughs) headphone cord. Um... Oh, it's definitely the headphone cord. Uh, <laughs> so he he goes he goes and sees that like his mom is being held captive and they're like doing medical experiments on her and yeah. they have her like facing off with the leper and the leper's like on a chain getting closer to her to infect her with leprosy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, fine, whatever. And so he's got to like save his mom and and he doesn't and he doesn't. Yeah, but it turns out to be not real, so it's ultimately fine. Mm-hmm. Flashback to, or flash back to the present, and he is back in the back of the pharmacy again, looking at the same curtain, yeah. and, like, trying to hype himself up that it's not real. Opens the curtain, nothing's there, gets attacked by the leper again. Also fine, whatever. <laughs> um, gets attacked by the leper, gets the grossest scene in the movie, uh, and I'm not talking about the eventual end, but he, like, thumbs his eyeball out, and it's, like, yeah. gooshy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then he, like, he starts choking the leper, and then the leper, like, vomits all mm-hmm. over him. Also, once again, kind of, whatever. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Except <laughs> for no reason whatsoever, the song Angel of the Morning starts playing yeah. for, like, two, two seconds. seconds. Literally. And then just stops. Yeah. 
And I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, I looked around in my theater like, so you also see that. are we going to talk about this? Like, I wanted to be like, yo, pause it. Yeah. We got to have a group discussion <laughs> about whether we're going to continue watching this film. <laughs> Because it is insane. Like, I looked at Kristen and I was like, that was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just kind of laughed and I was like, no, that's an insane thing yeah. to put in a movie. I'm trying to figure out what was the idea behind I it. I It's too short to be... <laughs> it didn't make sense. Like, like something that's like non-diegetically appropriate right. or diegetically appropriate <laughs> or... Like, did someone, like, it, accidentally leave a clip of the audio on the timeline yeah, before they, like, hit render? Yeah. Like, what was that? Because, like, it only, like, applies to that shot. And why like, that like, song? I, it, that like, song does not play into his no, past in the first one. Right, what's like that, right, that, like, right? Like, that wasn't anywhere else in Not the to my knowledge. Right. And I right. just watched it the day before. Okay. Maybe if it had been an appropriate song, it would have been funnier. But it was just, like, what the fuck? Like, did that... No. Oh, like, Disease by Matchbox 20? Right. Like, something, like, super on the nose and stupid. But this was just, like, stupid and then perplexing. And, like... Yeah, I didn't feel like it thematically appropriate to anything. So, I saw... Okay, I watched, like, a Red Letter Media review of this. Mm. So, here we go talking about another podcast on our podcast. Sure. (laughs) Which is a pet peeve. No, okay. Um, Songs about songs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, like, this idea that maybe... They felt like that scene without that music was like it just seemed like comical and stupid. So then, like they tried to undercut it with some weird. So they tried to lean into it. They tried to make it like a Sam Raimi thing, right? But that that might have been the worst way to do it ever, though. Ever, (laughs) like because I do do agree. I don't think the humor in this movie, or not the humor, I don't feel like some of the scares in this really worked. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it actually the way it was shot, sometimes filmed and framed, yeah, like was actually not scary. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason why they went and undercut it with jokes. Like, maybe that there was audience reaction saying these things don't work. Maybe. And so, like, lean into making, like, the uh, the scary moments undercut by humor. So yeah. at least you get some sort of audience reaction out of something <sighs> rather than just, like, dullness. Right. But that was the worst example of it, by well, far. And, like, they use that later on when he's like, hey, I know how we kill it because I was able to, like, slightly, you know, almost kill him a little bit. But then you undercut it with the stupid song. Like, that could have been a pivotal moment that we later have to look back on and be like, oh, yeah, he did do that and kind of conquer his fear. But no, because we had this stupid-ass song. Because that's all I remember from that otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't remember the thumb dies out thing. And that is one of my biggest fears is having people touch my eyes or gave gave them out. Wait, really? Same. Yes. Same. Also, (laughs) what? Yeah. What? Uh Uh-huh. Hold. Pause the podcast. What are you talking about? Like, I did not know this about either of you. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. Uh Even when I rub my eyes, it scares me. (laughs) Same. I really don't like it. What? Yeah, whenever they have, like, a scene where somebody goes and puts, like, a knife towards someone. Yeah. That is, like, the worst. The only time I've been okay with it is John Wick Chapter 3. Yeah. That's the only time I've been okay. Yeah. That's crazy to me because yeah. people give me crap about that all the time. Like, I can't watch Kristen put her contacts in. Mm. I can't, like, if I get an eyelash in my eye, I yeah. just gotta, like, go to the sink and pray. Like, <laughs> you know, just kind of, like, put water near it. <laughs> no, I just knife that shit out. <laughs> I can't use eye drops. Like, yeah. yeah. It, you just put water on the knife like and it. knife that shit out, man. <laughs> sure. Destructurally, that's not, crazy. I did yeah. not know that about you guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
Cool. That's well, why he doesn't watch Game of Thrones. There's a scene where the mountain like totally just grabs uh, his head yeah, and just ga- ga- oh, ga- really? gouging eyes out. Completely not... crushes his head, but through his eye socket. Oh yeah, wow! It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. So the only reason I did remember that is because that's one of my biggest fears. So yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. We just bonded. <laughs> the real P family just bonded. Uh, Don't touch our eyes. Back to your regularly scheduled podcast. This I just really did I wear not glasses. Know that. Yeah, you can't get to them. Right? They're more for protection than uh, the fact that I need yep. to see when I'm driving at night. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, where did this three hours go, man? Uh, I can't think of a movie oh. that's been more wasteful with yeah. its head. Yeah. 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 And the crazy thing is, I stepped out to use the restroom an hour in, and I was like, this is moving pretty good. Yeah. Like, I was like, I didn't realize I'd been out here, I'd been in here for an hour. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the first act's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. The scene in the Chinese restaurant is really good. Yeah. I like that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that and like I think that's the most frustrating thing is it starts really, really promisingly. Yeah. Um, and like the cast when they're together actually have really good chemistry. Yeah. Like it's a because Stranger Things thing. Yeah. 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 Put your ensemble together. Don't. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And even though it's got like a barrage of CGI in it, the scene with right. the the Chinese food coming, mm-hmm. the fortune cookies coming alive is like pretty cool. Yeah. See, I felt like that was too far. I wish mm-hmm. it had been kind of. They held back a it's little It's a bit more. little, uh, yeah. I think they, they wanted to make that scene as book accurate as possible. Sure. And uh, that, like, I think that ultimately hurt it, which yeah. is the mm-hmm. biggest problem with the movie, is it feels like they wanted to be as book accurate as possible. Yeah. Except they didn't get the cosmic turtle thing. In there. Yeah, yeah, there's a reference to it. There's <laughs> yeah, a couple of references to it. animal or whatever. There's right? a, it's on the desk at school when Ben yeah, goes back. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's also, in the first movie... After they jump off the cliff, um, and they like they go under the water and they say, "There's something down there. It's a turtle." Oh, mm. yep. Nice. Yep. Okay, guardian um, angel turtle. <laughs> yep. Sure. <sighs> Making sure they don't use plastic straws. God. <laughs> <laughs> that is the real threat, man. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know it. D- so, okay. We can talk <laughs> the about this. The, the end of the movie, they go into their final showdown with Pennywise, perform the ritual of Jude. It doesn't work. Yep. Yeah. Um, Mike reveals that he knew it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Which makes you kind of not like that douchebag for the rest well, of the movie. Yeah, and also, <laughs> like, he's already dubious to begin yeah. with. Because he goes and, like, drugs James McAvoy. Yeah. Right. To, like, he gives him, like, ayahuasca or whatever to... Oops, so weird. Yeah. They made him a really weird character. Yeah. yeah. And, like, man, I think there's, like, that, there's a seed of something good in him with his, like, I gotta be the one to, like, stick, stick around. Right. right. Um, and, like, maybe even kind of corrupts him or makes him lose his way. Yeah. Yeah, because there it is implied. Really explored. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of implied that Pennywise has a greater hold on the town than just mm-hmm. every 27 years, which is kind mm-hmm. of the most interesting stuff in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, is that the town is actually secretly shittier than he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the idea is that he's kind of infected right. so many generations yeah. of it that it's brought about this, which is like interesting. Yeah. Um, but it, and that's one of the best parts of the first movie and it goes almost unexplored in this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you could make an argument that that's why he's like drugging him because he's like fighting internally, like he 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 has cracked the code. Yeah. But it's not explained enough. Nope. Yeah. Well, because the movie forgets about him for about an hour. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so he just looks like an asshole. Yeah. 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 Well, and so so he knows that it's not going to work, but he's like, I had to get you guys back somehow. And then Pennywise becomes so one of the major criticisms of 
the original miniseries because not that many people have read the book. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Um, is that at the end when they go to the final showdown with Pennywise, he just kind of turns into an alien spider. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, because he is the physical embodiment of the Deadlights, this is where they, the lack of groundwork for this other stuff really starts to get in the way of the movie. In the book, it's fine because he's a shapeshifter. He's mm-hmm. not really a shapeshifter explicitly, except that he is in the movie mm-hmm. or the miniseries. So it, it gets like people don't like it because like, it just it breaks the pattern that they're used to. Yeah. But in the book, and we'll talk about this in a second, he takes various forms, including famous pop culture monsters like Dracula and the creature from the Black mm-hmm. Lagoon. And even at one point, he becomes Bruce from Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There's a precedent in the book for him to become the alien spider, but not in the miniseries and not really in the movie. So what they do is they make him like the alien spider with Pennywise's like torso. Yeah. And it's insane. Like, I think it does do a quote unquote better job of like making people more okay with it ultimately. Mm -hmm. But it's like crazy. Like, it's it's weird. Then he turns into baby Voldemort from the last Harry Potter movie. Yeah. After he gets bullied. Right. To death. Right. (laughs) And then they call him on him. (laughs) so he then so he's like i win benches and like sends them into spooky stuff uh, to pad out the movie longer for some reason they all resolve climax so eddie can die yeah so it sends them it splits them off into kind of pairs a little bit and yeah and they get like another spooky scene with another thing they have to take care of another thing they have to Oh, this is like too much spooky shit, man. Yeah. That's like this is like the thirtieth spooky shit that's happened like throughout mm-hmm. the movie, right? Yeah. Right? You know? Right? And it's like this, like each person has like their own mini set piece that they have to go through, yeah. and it's like, come on, like just end, yeah, end. Seriously. <laughs> and so they all get through. They all resolve their spooky ish that they already resolved earlier in the movie by getting their token and overcoming Pennywise. Okay, so I had a problem with Bills, and I thought maybe I wasn't paying attention. When did he discover that it wasn't his fault? Because he went from being like, oh, it's my fault, it's my fault, and then talking to Little Bill, and he's like, no, it's not the your cartoon fault. cartoon character? Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it just, like, I didn't want the movie to be longer to explore why he finally figured out that it wasn't his fault that his brother died, but it also made me mad that we didn't have that, because... It's, it's just his brain saying it's not your fault. That's right? it. That, that's literally. He finally it. accepted like, it. And yeah, that's told all it is. There's nothing new. Ever. Yeah, there's not a moment that we because we get with like Eddie. We get a moment where someone externally tells him, yeah. like, "Hey, just like get over it, right? Yeah. Like, just like own it, accept that this is part of you, and then deal with it." Yeah. in the moment, and that's all you need. Like, you just need that. Yeah, yeah. that's good enough. Like, sure. Um, and Bill's relationship with his brother was set up, like, actually really nicely, and then it's just like, oh, it wasn't your fault. I figured that out. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bed in the bathroom. Yeah. And so, that that whole climax is frustrating. Yep. We overcome more spooky stuff that we overcame earlier in the movie when we got our totems. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Again. A second time. And we already kind of overcame in the last movie. Yeah. But also... Again. <laughs> you know what? Actually... I was kind of okay with that because mm-hmm. they wrote a reason in where it's like, Derry's weird and now we forget when we leave. Yeah. Right. And I was like, at least there's, 
I am. I, I get it. I yeah. am. I am the person who, as long as it doesn't matter the reason, as long as you wrote one in, sure, I'll go with you it. Did your whatever. Homework. Yeah. yeah. You get participating like, points. Uh, have you guys seen that movie Frequency? Mm, no. What Dennis Quaid and Jesus? No, definitely no. <laughs> Jim Caviezel? No. So uh, Jim Caviezel's like a police officer in modern times. Mm-hmm that like pulls out his dad's old CB radio and starts using it and he's able to talk to his dad in the past interesting and they his dad Dennis Quaid his dad in the past helps him solve like a serial arsonist because that's how his dad died Um. as like a victim of one of the fires and he like comes back when Jim Caviezel is an adult and a police officer so he helps him like the his dad in the past helps him find the arsonist in the present Mm. and the reason for it is because Aurora Borealis is happening. Yeah, because uh, like, yeah, the conceit, the conceit needs to happen. For, right, like, the rest right. Of the movie. But then, like, Lake House with the magic mailbox <laughs> does not have a reason, and I like that movie less because. And that's my main yeah. hang-up with that movie is like, there's no reason for the magic mailbox. So yeah. they just put a BS reason, and like, Aurora Borealis is a stupid reason to be able to talk to the reason. past. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a reason, and so I appreciate that, like. I don't know this. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'll buy into that. Why not? So I liked that they actually were like, I'm Pennywise. And like, Derry's got some like weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like, okay, whatever. This is the fiction that we're buying into. Let's go. Uh, but like, then they don't do it at all yeah. with anything else <laughs> yeah. for a reason. Um, yeah. And then they just bully Pennywise till he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Such. Oh my so god, that's such, a, that's such a weird climax. Like, yeah. It's like the Goldfinger thing. Like, you guys remember in Goldfinger when he rapes a woman and he's the hero of the movie? Yeah, yeah. It's real weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's real, it's real weird. Yeah, it just, it didn't come across well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, okay, first of all, just from like an action standpoint... The way they beat a bad guy is by yelling at him. It's not yeah. exactly the most compelling Lame. thing to see on screen. Yeah. But what if I told you he shrank into a weird baby when <clears> they <throat> yelled at him? Does that make it better? No. Okay. Dang no, it. No, <laughs> still doesn't. No. But then thematically, it's weird for yeah, like these people who have been bullied throughout their lives to become bullies and win. <laughs> like, That's how life is. I, I mean, I get like I can see yeah. maybe some of like the oh, it's like a reversal of their fortunes, but. They embrace like what they hated. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's terrible. And I get they're fighting an interdimensional cosmic being. You can bully one to death, and yeah, yeah. sure. But <laughs> um, it just—it's it, a real weird like thing to take yeah. thematically. Yeah. With the characters' arcs. Yeah, it's bizarre. What was it in the mini? Was it they threw rocks at him in the mini? They mini-series? had like a, like, a, like a cosmic like he mental. Oh, in the in the mini series, yeah, yeah. They yeah. threw rocks at him. Yeah. Which is pretty dumb. Yeah. And the books have like a cosmic mental battle like across. Well, at least. Mike or Ben does or I don't know, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's exciting. Yeah. Well, and it's all not... of that is because they had a gangbang when they were children. Yeah. Right. Like, because yeah. they're, like, they're all, like, psychically connected after that. Yeah. Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> it... Uh... Seems he doesn't know how to write names. So. Yeah. 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 Uh... It's... And then the movie ends with the suicide note. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the movie ends with... So Stan is one of the losers who kills himself mm-hmm. after Mike calls, because he re- he actually does remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead why, of going though? back to Derry... Do we know why he remembers? I think the implication is that he had he was caused so much anxiety okay. by it that he just, like, dwelled on it. Yeah. And, like, that's why he ultimately commits suicide. Okay. Is, like... Because, I mean, let's, like... 
the ultimate driver of suicide is depression and anxiety. Right. So I think the idea is that it caused him so much like psychological trauma and anxiety as a child that it just kind of he just kind of kept thinking about it. Sure. Um, whereas these other people like left Derry in order to get away from it. Yeah. He left because he couldn't get away from it. Mm. I think that's the implication. Okay. That's kind of how I took it. Mm. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's good on paper, but yeah. in the movie he gets like one scene yep. where yeah. he talks about it as a child. Yep. So. Well, I think it's not bad in a book where it's trying to go and set up the fact that he's so scared of this thing. Yeah. And I think it goes and increases the threat of that thing. Yeah. It makes it more compelling. That, oh, yeah. man, this is like something that scarred him so much that yeah. he's going to die. Yeah. It. And so that makes sense. Then the movie completely blows it up because I think they want to try to maybe make it have more purpose yeah. than that. Yeah. And by doing that, it makes it worse because of the message it sends. And mm-hmm. I don't want to get all like, <clears throat> think of the children or anything like that, but... <laughs> It's a real weird message to go and send to society. Yeah. Because a lot of people go and think when they go and commit suicide that, like, my family's better off without me. Right, right. You know, I only bring people down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got it in one. (laughs) Kobe. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Like, with. With all this mental health stuff that's being talked about, sure. it's kind of strange. There's National yeah. Suicide Awareness Week or month or something. Yes, yeah. National yeah. Suicide Awareness Day was the other day. <laughs> it was on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, this movie's so thematically confused. Yeah. That yeah. I really don't think you could probably take away anything from it. Yeah. But still, it's just bad. Yeah, and, like, the idea of using horror to, like, deal with real-world world stuff is great. And yeah. the purpose of horror, sure. like... Eddie and his health anxiety, like, as someone with health anxiety, mm-hmm. it was kind of nice to see the the parts where he's being kind of hypochondriac-y mm-hmm. are pretty accurate uh, yeah. to my experiences. And so that was nice, but then, like, his ultimate, like, and I don't really deal with that as much anymore. I had, like, a year-long battle with it, thank mm-hmm. God. But, like, it it was accurate to what I went through, but then his ultimate resolution of it was, like, Oh, I can get vomited on. Yeah. yeah. Angel in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's not how you over, you don't overcome health anxiety, but like. Getting playing that on. song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you like, you don't overcome it by just like, oh, I can do gross things. Yeah. Eating dirt. Like, you know, it's not, this is not what you do. Like you just, you work through it mentally. You don't physically go and expose yourself to diseases yeah. so that you may or may not get them, but it doesn't matter. Like, that's not how it works, man. Like, I, I don't know. That was stupid. Okay, um, this is a tangent. Why did the vomit stay on him? Like, there would be times, like, at the restaurant, the things they were seeing were not actually real. And so when it the vomit, like, stayed on him, I was like, oh, was it real? Like, what's real and what's not real? Is he able to, like, is he actually there? Is it their imagination? all the rules of this movie are inconsistent. Yeah. Like, that, that's something that I really want to talk about, which yeah. is, okay, so it likes feasting off of kids, and I guess my gathering from the book is that, like, the fear goes and is, like, the salt on the meat or sure. whatever. Oh, right? okay. It makes them taste better. Yeah. Kinda. Okay. Which the movie should probably go and clarify, right. <laughs> um, rather than having you rely on outside knowledge. Well, the movie yeah. implies that he's feasting on the fear itself. Okay, which mm. is also the bad. first movie implies. That. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not correct. <laughs> yeah. um, which is dumb. But anyway, but then he goes and like he kills and eats that little girl behind yeah, the bleachers. Who he befriends? Or be- who he befriends? Yeah. And yeah. she's not scared no. of him. But he mm. eats her anyway. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. he, like, calms her down before he goes and eats yeah. her. Yeah. So, okay, you go and violate that rule. 
Then also, he's trying to kill the losers who are clearly adults. Yeah, right. Like, so I thought I thought he was about kids eating kids. Well, so, but uh, like he kills an adult at the beginning, right? Too. And then he goes and kills an adult at the beginning of the movie. So, yeah. And also, that guy wasn't afraid either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like half so, dead. Right. Yeah, he like didn't know Pennywise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and in, he... fact, in fact, he was being helped by him yeah. from death. Yeah. So, uh, I thought, so yeah. okay, so but I'm sure even though, even though, that one I can justify because he was still probably afraid of being tossed off a bridge. Sure. Yeah. So, I don't know You're if it's right. like he's afraid of, like being afraid of oh, Pennywise. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah necessarily that like because you can feel more than one emotion at a sure. time yeah, true right. so he probably even though he was he's grateful that Pennywise right. he's probably yeah. still scared but then of he's like, an adult still yeah, so, yeah. yeah. it's right. also the same thing with the little girl where like you would imagine as you're being saved that's a feeling of relief not a feeling of fear before you get eaten just like with little girl yeah. where it's like oh you are scared let me calm you so that you're less scared right yeah. before right. I eat you which is too bad because that little girl scene is actually, I think, one of the better kind of yeah. like, creeping horror Because it's little kids yeah. getting killed. And I was like, ooh, this is good. Right. Yeah. You know? It's scary. Yeah. yeah. And, and someone actually died for yeah. like yeah. a yeah. moment in the movie, which yeah. was refreshing after an hour and a half of no one dying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it ruins, undermines the fundamental logic, underlying yeah. logic of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves of horror is you can throw a lot of silly, crazy stuff on there, but none of it's going to stick unless... There's some sort of internal logic to it. Yeah. Right. And this movie violated it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy because it's really consistent in the first one. Yeah. yeah. It was much more consistent in the first one. With the exception of the first one and this one had the problem of, okay, these people are scared now. Why isn't he finishing the job? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, and you always yeah, have yeah, that yeah. with a horror movie. But right, like this sure. is like another layer of it, which is in a regular horror movie, it's like, why doesn't the slasher guy, like, why is he slowly approaching this person so this person can go and pick up some item on the floor <laughs> and stab the slasher dude? Yeah. Right. Uh, like, this is, this bad guy gets off on fear of people. Mm-hmm. He's already made them afraid, so why isn't he doing this? Like, this is his whole M.O. is yeah, get people right. afraid. And it just, it just ruins you. It ruins the movie and takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Meh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it ain't good. And it, it's not... I don't even want to say it's not scary because it's not, but that's fine. I can I can enjoy a horror movie that's right. not scary. Like I saw Ready or Not, and Ready or Not falls broadly into the horror genre. Sure. It's not a scary movie, no, um, but it's great. Mm-hmm. And so I don't need my horror to be scary, um, because especially because I watch a lot of it. So yeah. like, what the heck, you know? Like I'm not right. I'm, I'm pretty seasoned when it comes to that. It's not I don't necessarily. It's a bonus. <laughs> You know, like if I watched, like, like I saw Autopsy of Jane Doe earlier this year, and uh, that's one of the scariest movies I've seen in a minute, oh. and I really liked it, and I liked it because I, for like three days, I was like, man, that was scary, like, that yeah. freaked me out, um, but that's a rare feeling mm-hmm. in, like, when I watch a horror movie, so I don't need that at all, necessarily, but I need it to at least kind of try yeah. for, like, people who aren't diehard horror fans, like, there's so much time in between the horror stuff Mm -hmm. in this movie which is a crazy thing to say when the entire middle act is like a jump scare punctuated by a jump scare Mm -hmm. um but it like it none of that is built as scary except maybe the beginning of eddie's scene and the beverly scene yeah those are the only two that actually try to attempt some sort of like horror tension Yeah. yeah yeah And, yeah, other than that, it's just like... Well, Beverly's did it, but it was the entire trailer. So yeah, just, yeah. I'm not scared anymore because I, w- I was scared when I watched the trailer. I yeah. was excited for the film because of that trailer, and then that was the only scary scene. Yeah, the well, and then, film. like, it, 
Was Bill Skarsgård doing something else? <laughs> yeah, because it felt like he was barely in the movie. Yeah, that's true. He's not in it, and he's not as good as he was in the first one. Yeah. He's worse. His performance is worse, which is weird. That's bizarre to me, yeah. is that even his performance is inconsistent between the two movies. Mm-hmm. They gave him less to do. They gave him a lot less to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene he has when he sees Beverly is the best scene he has yep, in the movie. I agree. Um, he's the, real good yeah, on that scene. Mm-hmm. Face. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got that poltergeist nod in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. The And then there's like a bizarre... It's not bizarre. I, there's like a reference to The Thing mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Where uh, they see Stan's head in the well house, oh, and then it becomes like a head right, spider, and yeah. it's very obviously the head spider from the thing. Yeah, a lot of people really didn't like that. It's not well done. It plays real dumb. Yeah. But in the book, he does become other pop culture monsters. So I was like, oh, that's like a nice like that's yeah. like a nod to the book. And like, if you're gonna do it, like that's that's not the worst way to do yeah, it. It's a decent sure. compromise. Yeah, it's if you're it's 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 a good way to because it would be way weirder if it was like here's the creature from the Black Lagoon like he is yeah, in the book, you yeah. know, like just like this other monster comes in. So it's it's a good way to kind of acknowledge the book, mm-hmm. I think, but it, it is executed where it's like, do you get it? Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Yeah. At all. Um, yeah, do you guys have anything else? No. Man. Yeah, really disappointing. Yeah, it's not. Our summer of disappointment. Continues. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Are we doing the the sad white guy in space movie next? Is that Rambo Last Blood? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I hope he goes to space. Are we doing Rambo? Is that what we're doing next? It's either Rambo or Ad Astra. Yeah, they're both. both coming out. Yeah, next weekend. We'll figure it out. Okay, we, we could do both. I don't care. I'm gonna okay. see both. Of them I'm gonna see both of them too. Yeah, yeah. honestly. Okay. So. Plus, I don't think I'll have that much to say about Rambo. No, he killed people. Good. Yeah, were the bullets pointy and the body squishy? Yeah, yeah. good movie. <laughs> Saw a trailer for Ad Astra last night. Uh, that's either going to be great or Interstellar again. So oh. yeah, <clears throat> I don't even know what it's about. I don't think I've seen a trailer. It's just like a sad white guy with dad issues in oh. space. So like, his name is Ed Astra, <laughs> played by Ed Astra. <laughs> the longest time I thought it was just like a movie about Ed Asner. <laughs> But narrated by JFK? I don't know. All I just saw was, like, the title being just, like, named in things. It wasn't even, like, a description of the movie or attached to a trailer or or anything like that. Just saw, like, this Ed Asner. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Starring Brad Pitt. That seems weird, but sure. Weird casting. Yeah. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Maybe he's doing makeup like a Gary Oldman in The Darkest Hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about that ish. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, one of those is good. It's been a second uh, since we talked about a good movie, be good, right? Right? It's good. There's got to be another good, good movie in there. What? Ready, Ready or not was good, but we didn't do a podcast on it. Yeah. <sighs> it's okay. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine. Will yeah. Save us. So excited. I, I mean, cats. I, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, forget about cats. Yeah. yeah. Best picture. Yeah. Best Picture winner, Cats. I'm yep. calling it right now. For the next 25 years. <laughs> Continually just winning. Always <laughs> Cats. Just, just the goat. No Cats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> I feel like this is just the slow unraveling of the podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, if we talk any longer, we're going to be like, oh man, we hate doing this, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is the last episode. Yeah. 
Which is weird, because it's like, it's a bad movie, don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's the worst movie we've seen this year. No. What what has been? (laughs) So many bad ones. Um, The Lion King we really didn't like. That's true. Yeah. Oh, Fast and Furious, or... Hobbs and Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw was, was that, that the worst movie I saw? That was the worst one that we discussed on the podcast. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, the worst movie I saw this year was The Perfection, still, I think. Yeah. But. Yeah. That was was the, it Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, that was the worst movie okay. I saw. <laughs> yeah. It was not good. Yeah. Not a good movie. Yeah. Can they release a fourth John Wick movie this year? <laughs> <laughs> please? Pretty please? I want, like, John Wick versus Cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Idris Elba's got to be the bad guy, right? Like, yeah, he's the he's like the high table of the like, cats. I'm, I'm freaking black Superman cat. <laughs> Super cat, Super cat. That's a never mind. <laughs> that was not, that was not no. worth exploring. <laughs> it's his black exploitation character. Oh, <laughs> that was that was not worth it at all. Oh well. Well, we'll talk about a movie next week. Hope Hopefully, man, I want—I just want to like a movie. Yeah, we're losing hope. Yep, send help. SOS. Yeah. SOS. Uh, until next time, movies are the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>